be seated. Happy New Year. I'm so glad you're here today. Uh, if you're new or newer, can I steal this chair? I promise I won't lose your place. Uh, if you're new or newer, we want to especially welcome you. I know it's kind of scary to check out a church, especially at the beginning of the new year, but you made it. And we promise we won't make you wave your hand or do anything weird if you're new, um, except to sacrifice the fattened calf in a little bit. No big deal. <laughs> I'm just kidding. At this time, I want to send our VIP, our young friends, back with Casey. Casey, can you wave? We love Casey. He is the best kids leader. Let's clap for our kids as they leave. Um, friends, we're going to take some time and pass the peace this morning to kick off our new year. And I wanted you to pass the peace by asking a question to your neighbor. What are some words that you would use to describe the feeling of being lost? What are some words that you would use to describe the feeling of being lost? Maybe you were a child and you lost your parents in the grocery store. Maybe you're a parent and you lost your child in the grocery store. What are some of the feelings that kind of arise when you think about being lost? Go ahead and share with your neighbor and say hello. Oh, man. Okay. All right, all right. What are some words? Call them out. Just real fast, rapid fire. What are words? What are words you feel when you're lost? Let's go. What? Lonely, yes. Tiny? Excited. Oh. Anxious. What else? Huh? Jealous? Oh, helpless. I can't hear. Scared. In? Ooh, incompetent. Ooh. That's yeah. insecure. This is why guys don't stop to ask for directions. What else? What are some other words? That's a trope. It's not true. What what else? Vulnerable. Mm. Panicked. Yeah, many of us know the feeling of being lost, it sounds like. Whether it's relationally lost. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been relationally lost? Like when you move to a new city and you don't have friends yet, you felt relationally lost or emotionally lost. Mm. Remember your first partner? First time you started dating and you broke up? You know what it feels like to be emotionally lost, to invest so much, to risk so much, only to have your heart stripped away from you. I know the feeling of being lost, and it's perhaps one of the most unsettling feelings you can have. Um, because for me, when I am lost, when I do start to feel the anxiety, when I do start to feel the insecurity, when I do start to realize that maybe I've made a wrong turn, what I do is I try to overcompensate for that wrong turn. You know what I'm talking about? Like where you quickly make decisions, not based on the reality that's in front of you, but rather you start making drastic decisions. You start making drastic moves to correct the, the feelings that you're beginning to feel. Um, like if I make a, a, if I'm lost, I start to make drastic turns. Um, if I think I'm traveling south, but all of a sudden I try to go east, or I think I'm doing what's best for my life, but really it's hard, um, and shouldn't this be easier? I'm going to make some major changes to my life right now. I did this in college. I changed my major five different times. <laughs> it took me eight years to finish undergrad. <laughs> um, any other doctors in here? <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't have a doctorate. Uh, when I was in high school, th this is kind of give you an idea of the drastic changes or what can happen when you don't have direction, when you don't have a path, when you don't know what you're going to do next. I had a job working at a grocery store change, chain called U-Crops. I made $4.75 an hour to bag PPGs, perfectly packed groceries. And I remember my first paycheck after working 15 hours, it was $60, $61.25 to be exact. And there was a Sam Goodies right next door. Anybody remember um, Sam Goodies? It's a CD, compact disc, it's an ancient technology. <laughs> that you, you would physically place the disc into the, uh, well, um, when we were younger, many of us, we had binders of CDs. Uh, and so I bought myself a binder, and I bought myself four CDs to stuff in it, Oasis and um, other. I mean, you know. I mean, you know the records that I bought. But I lacked direction with my finances. You know what I'm saying? And so I just completely blew my first paycheck on CDs and this binder. I lacked direction because my path didn't have any kind of future intent. Our path and our direction can either be erratic and distracted. Here's what I think is true. It can be either erratic and distracted, overcompensating, correcting, or it can be formative and directional. Some of you, you need to be here in 2023 because in other words, paths paint your present and your future. So we need to be very aware of the paths that we're on. We need to make sure that the path that we choose is one that's guided by a star like the Magi. In our reading today in Matthew 2, 1 through 12, the Magi were these ancient pagan Babylonian astronomers. Some of you have never heard that before. But the Magi were not from Israel. They were not Jewish. They were the enemies. They were from Babylon. And they were astronomers. They were pagan. They didn't believe in monotheism. But what they did was that they looked for signs in the sky. Some ancient um, scholars believe that the Magi actually uh, foretold Alexander the Great coming into power by looking at the constellations. And so Matthew tells us that they were using the stars in ancient prophecy. That's really important to note. That not only did they look to the sky for some sort of direction, but they also used ancient text, ancient prophecies to help lead them. You see, they saw a star rise and they were compelled to journey and ask Herod, the king of Jerusalem at the time, a really, really important question that I want you to pay attention to. Where, where is the Messiah that we've read about? And these ancient Jewish stories. Keep in mind, these are not people of Israel. These are outsiders. Where? Where? They looked up to see what could transform them within. You look up to see what can transform you within. Many of us have been trying to look in to see what can transform our current circumstances 
in the moment. They looked up to see what could transform them from within. Did you know that the first words of any human character in Matthew's account, this is the first words of any human character in Matthew's account. It's so profound. It's such a simple question. And it comes from the Magi. It's where? Where? Where do I go from here? I have nowhere else to turn. Where must I go? In our other lectionary reading today, we are in Epiphany, and we're following the lectionary today. In the other lectionary reading, it's Ephesians chapter 3, and Paul writes to Ephesus and says that this great mystery, the answer to the where, in other words, of God's good grace was a revelation to me, like a star in the sky, and that he now is sharing that same revelation to Ephesus. These are how echoes work, friends. A sound is made, a disturbance hits a still pond, and ripples and waves, echoes are sent into the universe, and they, um, they agitate the pond. They agitate, they change the atmosphere. It, it, it starts to Disturb that of which is still, that of which is directionless, that of which is nothing and void. And there begins to be movement. Maybe in your spiritual life or your relationships, it's still. Maybe it's been still for a real long time. And rather than looking up to change what's within, you start blaming everyone else. You start blaming your church. You start blaming your pastor. You start blaming your partner. You start blaming your second cousin. You start blaming your boss. You start blaming your career. You start blaming everything else around you. And you start making erratic decisions to try to change your circumstances rather than looking up and changing within. You know what I'm talking about? I'm guilty of this as somebody with ADHD. I know you're surprised by that. <laughs> do you first look to the skies? Do you look for revelation from God? Do we allow the reverberation of the birth of Christ to be echoed to us and beyond us? <laughs> do we read scripture? Do we look at the ancient prophecies the way that these Babylonian pagans looked at the ancient prophecies? Do we sit in silence? Do we create the space to hear from this God? Do we look to past wisdoms? Or do we depend upon ourselves? I think it's the difference between Kronos and Kairos. These are two ancient Greek words, both used in the New Testament to define time. Right, Chris? <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. Kronos is linear time. It's quantitative time. Uh, Kronos is 
quantitative, it's linear. Kairos, it's more expansive. It, it may not have an ending point. It continues on. It's not based on a clock. It's based on an opportunity. Chronos time keeps us worried. <laughs> How many people are worried that there's not enough time? We're slaves to it. We try to manipulate it. We try to milk more out of it. And we're always worried that the time, our time here on earth, might be up soon. You see, Kronos is about us, not the opportunity. Kairos, on the other hand, is this Greco-Roman military word that's adopted in the New Testament. It's a term used in archery. It's also the Greek god of opportunity for those of you that are, I don't know, um, Greek nerds. <laughs> Kairos, is, Kairos is this. It's seeing the place where God is moving and you begin to move in that direction. It can happen at any moment, or it can be this like incredibly long season of waiting and looking up to the stars to find the right opportunity to move. Um, kairos is an archery term. It's seeing your target and not just shooting your arrow as soon as you see your target, because you might miss. It's tracking your target. You see it in your sights. And you don't just pull the trigger. You don't just let go of your arrow. You wait for the right opportunity. Because you see that the opportunity is where God is. And you're in tune with the star. You're, you're in tune with the light. You are aware of what's going on. You're looking out and up. For the change rather than within. And so you become very aware. You're agitated to the change that is necessary in your life. You're in tune with what God wants you to do. How many people want to start your new year of 2023 being in tune with what God wants to do in your life? I do. I want to be transformed. I want to be moved. I want to see the opportunity in front of me, and I want to strike while the iron is hot, so to speak, as the kids are saying on TikTok. <laughs> Kairos isn't about us. Remember how I said that um, Kronos is about us, not the opportunity? Kairos isn't about us, but rather it's about the opportunity. <laughs> Do you see what I'm doing here? We don't benefit from our constant misdirections. We benefit from where, finding where God is already at work. So the question might be, where do I see God already moving? And am I tracking it? <laughs> am I tracking it? The text says that uh, after Herod had sent the wise men on, they saw the star again. And the text said that they were over joyed not just joyed not just happy you get this idea that their cup was overflowing because they had direction because they knew that that there were reverberations that were being sent out echoes and it changed them and it changed them so much that they asked a really important question what will i bring what will 
I bring. (laughs) Have you ever been changed so much that you then begin to participate? That you then begin to identify the places that you too can agitate change? Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's in your workplace. Maybe it's, maybe it's here in our city. If you want to have a powerful life, if you want to have a life that follows the opportunity where God is, you bring your full self the same way that these wise men brought their full selves The text says they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child was with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. And then they opened their treasure and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warmed in a dream not to go back to Herod, to not change direction, they returned back to their home country, Babylon, a different route. And this is what happens when God is the source of our disturbance. We're compelled to bring our full self. We don't just wield our gifts to add to Kronos. We see God is in the place of Kairos. The path of God is our present and it's our future. And so we bring our gifts to echo the good news. We engage in the lives of our neighbor. We make peace with our enemies. We share our resources as a church with Afghan refugee families. We see that there's Section 8 housing next door, and we agitate change. (laughs) We advocate for the systems that are hell-bent on destroying the individual, leading people to hell, and we agitate change because we see the opportunity, and that's where God is. God is not here. God is in the oppressed. And we agitate the change together because that's where God is. And we bring our gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gifts used to embalm the body for death. Isn't it interesting that the Magi saw the future? They knew what they were doing. They were bringing change, eternal change, change, so that the good news will be shared. Back to Paul, and then I'm closing. I'm going to invite the band back up. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 3. Check this out. This mystery, this question of where, is that, is that through the gospel, The Gentiles, the outsiders, the Babylonians are heirs together with Israel. Members together of one body, sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. And I became a servant. I brought my gifts, what I had For the sake of the gospel, by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. Not what's within me, 
but what's within God that compels me. I see the opportunity, and I meet God where he is. So I leave with this question today. Does your path, does your direction, and your decisions lead to the extension of God's kingdom? Does your theology lead to the extension of God's kingdom? Do you see people who are on the outside as just that outsiders? Or do you welcome them into the fold of the good news? Are you so hell-bent on moralism that there's no room for grace? See the opportunity Because now is a Kairos moment to agitate change in your life. And it's God who is there. In the name of the three in one. Yeah, these are my notes. <laughs>